Welcome to the inaugural On The Couch podcast brought to you by Canning Strategic Communications. Jerry Harvey, Alan Joyce, Matt Common, you name it, every business leader has handled the pandemic differently. Our expert issues and crisis management team has a go at making sense of what's going on and having a bit of fun along the way. I'm Jen Parker and joining me on the podcast today is Lewis Garcia. Lewis, where are you speaking to us from? I am working remotely. I'm working from home like I think uh, most office workers are. Uh, I'm in, uh, in in the Blue Mountains, so um, where it's nice and uh, nice and chilly, but uh, but sunny today. And also joining us is Scott Rochford. So Scott, where where are you joining us from? Um, I'm in my backyard in the inner west. So apologies for the occasional aircraft passing over. <laughs> well, hopefully there aren't too many of them at the moment. There's one approach on approach now. There's one on approach now. Just <laughs> just on cue, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> right on cue. So one of the issues we wanted to talk about today was working remotely and, and from a communications perspective, how companies can communicate effectively with their staff about the uncertainty of, of when they will return to work and also how companies are keeping staff engaged while they are working remotely. And today in the media, we we saw that, you know, employers are facing a legal minefield with both people working from home and and the potential for mental health claims or or other um, physical claims. And separately, um, if people return to work, whether there might be uh, or are told to return to work, whether their companies might face discrimination claims. Um, And at the same time, there was coverage of, of Australia Square Tower and that people going to work in Australia Square might face waits for the lift as long as three hours. Lewis, what are the challenges for organisations communicating with their staff in this time of, of COVID-19 and what do you? What are some of the tips that you could provide to companies? It's a really tough time because the reality is that almost everyone is flying blind. Clearly, we're going back to to the office. I I wouldn't say back to work because I think we've all been working, but back to the office as such. Um, And how you communicate when that will happen and how it's going to be, uh, it's going to be crucial in getting that kind of staff engagement. Um, Janice, with any crisis or or issue, uh, it's really important not just to communicate externally but to talk to your own people because after all they are your own uh, they are a great asset they are your own ambassadors for your brand and for what you're trying to do so you've got to get that internal comms um, w- well, and and it's difficult in 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 a situation where we don't really know when we're all going to be allowed back into the office, and if we do, just how different it's going to be. I mean, the issue of how to get to to the office uh, using public public transport is going to be difficult. But whatever you do to answer your question, rather than prattle on, um, very important that you communicate clearly, that you communicate often, and that you are honest and if you don't know 
what's happening if you don't know when everyone will be able to go back to the to their office then say so it's so much better to be clear consistent and honest than to uh, to dance around the topic so um th- those would be the three things that i would recommend scott what about from your perspective what are you seeing companies doing well or, or not so well it's it's really important for companies to um be, be prepared for a range of questions um, in relation to how they're going to manage people returning to the workplace. And I mean, there's a whole range of issues from WHS issues to logistics. So I'd say companies have to be prepared for a, a long list of questions and they have to be as clear as possible as to um, what the situation is. And as Lewis said, if they don't know, they have to let, they have to communicate that. And uh, it's, it's very challenging because even the uh, federal government's uh, come under criticism for not being clear in um, sort of update, keeping people updated on the situation. So um, for, for individual companies, it's even harder. One of the other challenges for organisations communicating more broadly at the moment is is the changing media landscape. We're seeing well over 100 newsrooms have temporarily or permanently closed since the start of COVID-19. Scott, what sort of impact does this have for organisations when they are looking to communicate through media? Last week, there was a report that 157 newsrooms have shut in Australia. But the the other impact um, the COVID um, crisis has had is that um, with the lack of advertising, newspapers have actually cut their pages. So it's it's even harder to um, – there's even less stories going in papers and there's a higher proportion of those stories that are actually related to COVID. So anything that's not related to the current um, – uh, crisis, uh, it's going to be very hard for you to get your story out there. You just have to be mindful that uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of factors that are uh, cutting down news coverage. And the irony is um, that this comes at a time when um, people are hungry for news. Um, there's there's also a report last week that um, traffic on the top ten news sites had increased fifty four percent. But so yes, yeah, so it's very very tricky uh, very tricky time. Exactly right. To the point Scott made, um, there's, there's an enormous thirst for news and and uh, traffic to those sites is increasing. Uh, you know, there's some figures as well about how something like 70% of people are watching more television. So the thirst uh, for, for content, for news is enormous. But unfortunately for commercial media in this country, and in fact in most other countries, uh, the advertisers, have um, have crossed the road and put their money squarely with the uh, with the tech giants, with uh, the Googles and the Facebooks and so on, um, and 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 so it's this enormous contradiction between the need for uh, uh, to provide the content and the fact that you can't afford to do so if you are in, in commercial media. It's a really tough time, and 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 for those of us who have worked as journalists in the past, all three of us have. Um, I, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, it's a very depressing picture. 
And obviously really difficult times for the the people who are still working in those media outlets as well as as it is for for people working in many industries at the moment. Lewis, you mentioned about Facebook and Google taking the lion's share of advertising at the moment. Um, There's been some developments on that front. Scott, do you want to take a moment to talk about some of the changes that the government's looking at? Yeah, well, I mean, given that... um most of the advertising revenue is now going to Facebook and Google. Uh, the government's announced plans to uh, charge a levy against uh, Google and Facebook uh, to, to fund news organisations. So the details of that haven't been released yet. But, uh, yeah, there's been some people have called for um, that levy to be up to a billion dollars a year, and that would make a massive difference for um, news media in Australia. It would. Um, I mean, I don't know. What, I don't know how many jobs that would create, but it would um, greatly bolster a lot of newsrooms. So there might be some news on the on the longer term horizon. While we're talking about news, I was keen to uh, find out from each of you what your favourite uh, news story has been through this period. I know from my own perspective, uh, I think my favourite news story has been the one about. Uh, Justin Trudeau in, uh, sorry, Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau, having to look after his young kids and run the country at the same time while his wife was uh, unwell with COVID-19 and was isolating in a different part of the house. And then there was a great news story of uh, him reportedly having to uh, interrupt a, a Important telephone conversation to say, uh, you know, <laughs> daddy's on an important phone call. So, uh, you know, I just love to hear that because it, it really um, shows that we're all human and we're all um, facing the same kind of challenges in this time of working remotely. Lewis, <laughs> what's been your favourite story so far? Look, um, you're absolutely right. One thing that uh, working from home and communicating from home, because it's not just working from home, obviously, it's the fact that now we, we've got Zoom and Microsoft Teams and Meet and all that, that sort of, uh, all that technology that lets you uh, see each other. And in fact, just out of interest, uh, um, a journalist friend was telling me that something like about 80, 90% of interviews now are done remotely very few people are coming or being invited into a television studio for instance or a radio uh, radio station so uh, the technology becomes really really important but what it's done is open a door into people's private lives which we don't often see particularly with you know Justin Trudeau other leaders but it's also business leaders and senior executives you're talking to them and all of a sudden there's someone walking behind or the dog interrupts or there's a plane overhead or whatever it might be. And it really has opened up. Um, um, it's, it's, you know, we often talk in, 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 in the sort of work we do in public relations about the need to be authentic. It's really important when you're talking to your audiences that you are authentic, you know, which is why I hate corporate speak, for instance. Uh, and what's happened is that now, um, you have to be <laughs> you have to be authentic because, as you said, you know, yeah, they are talking to your colleagues or doing an interview, 
and really life is happening right behind you. So I kind of, I kind of like that. And I can, I can see if if we ever go back to normal quote unquote, I think I'm going to miss sort of having a little bit of a sticky beak at uh, what's on the, you know, on the bookshelf behind uh, some of our uh, leaders or, you know, who comes running behind uh, and, uh, and, 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 and which kids uh, turn up and interrupt theoretically interrupt the uh, the interview. So, Lewis, you're uh, you're following the rate my bookshelf. Um, I, am, I love it. I think it's great. There's, there's a couple of them. There's a bit in on Twitter. There's the, the bookshelf. There's another one about rate my room, where the guy gives you um, out of ten, and in uh, the commentary is hilarious as well. So that's that's good fun to see what. Um, uh, what, what you've got on your bookshelf uh, on uh, in, in the background. And Scott, what about you? What's uh, what's taken your fancy uh, in this in, from a more lighthearted perspective through this period? Oh, actually, I was going to probably say something that wasn't lighthearted, but I suppose it could be now that his um, his health has been restored. It's, it's probably just Boris Johnson's um, roller coaster ride from being accused of being fairly blasé about the crisis to uh, um, actually. Um, having a near-death experience or, as he put it, a tough old moment in hospital um, and recovering and then have, becoming a father. So I think that's pretty, I think he outdid Trump in the um, drama stakes there. And, and even naming naming the ba- giving the baby the name of the doctors who uh, yeah, saved his right. life, which was a lovely touch he and was, particularly... And- and, and again, it goes back to what I was saying, I think, about authenticity, that all of a sudden life interrupts, you know what I mean? Our, our politicians, for very good reasons, by the way, but our politicians, same as our CEOs, um, have very structured a very structured communication platform. And, and there's a very good reason for that. And, and we we often advise them to do that because nowadays it's so easy to um, – uh, to have what you say or what you do uh, misinterpret and, uh, and and it can become a serious issue whether you're in politics or business but um, but uh, life doesn't work like that so in the case of Boris Johnson that authenticity came through um, quite clearly I, I'm with you on that one Scott I thought it was terrific I think that's all we have time for today but um, you know really great chatting with you and uh, I think there's a few new Twitter accounts I might need to follow. <laughs> Thanks, Scott. Thank Thanks, you. Lewis. Thanks, Jan.